an evil conference. When Malvik had returned to the Screaming Tower he found that Lady Estelle had left on a mysterious mission of her own and could not be reached. He wrote a comprehensive report on the situation in the realms and a letter detailing his future plans. He was very careful to detail the reasons that had brought him back to the Screaming Tower for a few days as he knew his superior could be very vicious to underlings who abandoned their duty stations. He sealed these documents into a scroll tube that was designed to magically destroy the contents if anyone other than his mistress opened them. After all, members of his order who were not paranoid did not last long. He knew that he could justify at least three days before he had to return to Hen Strackle since Lady Estelle was the only person who could authorize his request to use abominations against Fillersport and it was not the type of matter that anyone discussed by message. However, he could not just sit in his rooms waiting for her to return, as she could always send for him if he returned instantly. There were some files he wanted to examine carefully as the ex-admiral had political contacts and it was worth knowing if any of his supporters could be threatened with arrest if they made waves. Lady Estelle appreciated good preparatory work even though she expected nothing less. Malvik also examined Vonnel and Bretrian's files. He was convinced that they were genuinely trying to do their jobs well, but his survival instinct meant that he trusted nobody. Both were, it seemed, good professional officers and had the right number of youthful indiscretions to convince him that they were genuine. He smiled complacently to himself he was after all a good judge of character. His main justification was however the time his two new lieutenants needed to recruit his Praetorian unit. The military bureaucracy moved slowly even when a senior interrogator was encouraging them. Admiral Vonnell's request for 15 new ornithopters had proved to be very useful to the interrogator as it had given him a mission-critical reason to spend time in Darlter and he felt the extra charges arising from the old admiral's incompetence would help Lady Estelle ward off any political repercussions arising from the man's arrest. It also proved that Vonnell was a good choice to replace the traitor, as he didn't care who he upset providing the job got done. The day before he had decided to return to Hen Strackle the interrogator was discussing the current investigations with one of the junior inquisitors when Lady Estelle's assistant approached him and bowed slightly. Malvik and his companion stopped talking instantly as keeping the man waiting could be interpreted as showing disrespect to the awful head of their order. Lord Malvik, Lady Estelle asks that you attend her at midnight on the roof. She directs me to command you to delay your departure upon her pleasure. Malvik clasped his hands and bowed submissively, it is as she wishes. I will do as commanded. Excuse me, Malvik spoke curtly as the messenger walked away. I think it would be prudent of me to run over my report before that meeting. The tall man stalked down the corridor towards his quarters noticing that junior members of his order pressed themselves to the walls as if he was contaminated. It was a reasonable defensive reaction to distance themselves from him since well over half of the people summoned to see Lady Estelle disappeared forever. By the time he reached his quarters Malvik was in an unexpectedly good mood. He had been invited to meet with Lady Estelle on her private roof terrace, which he knew was shielded to prevent any form of magical eavesdropping. As he had risen to prominence, he was certain that if his superior intended to denounce him, she would do it publicly so that everyone would learn from his fate. She had read his report and wanted to discuss it with him. He knew that she would casually kill him if his answers displeased her, but he was certain that the cruelty of his plan would delight her monstrous nature. My lord, may I speak? Isabella surprised him and he glared at her. The fact that she had dared to ask if she could talk to him was enough of an offense for him to send her back to the slave cells or to have her whipped into witlessness. The girl was kneeling before him and even though she was looking down it was obvious that she was shaking in fear. For some reason she had risked herself to talk to him, even though he had beaten and abused her regularly. Malvik was curious and having seen positive results from his earlier decision to treat other people well he decided to see how a slave would react to kindness. 
whenever he wished he could become unpleasant again and his cruelties might taste sweeter if the girl had started to trust him. Isabella. You may speak. My lord, while you were out two magenniers entered your quarters. When I tried to tell them that you were out one of them knocked me down for my insolence and demanded I tell them where the prisoner lanterny was as they had come to check his headpiece. They have that right, and though I am annoyed that they did not wait on me you were wrong to challenge them. They made that clear, my lord, Malvik stared at her and could see that she was moving carefully. He assumed that one of his visitors had kicked her while she was on the floor. For some reason that annoyed him. The girl was his slave and he had sole rights over her. To his surprise she continued, her words running together out of fear, while they were inspecting your prisoner, they kept talking to each other. The senior of the two ordered the prisoner to strip and then he started laughing. From what I understood although the mage is able to care for his needs like an animal, no one has told him to wash, as a result he has some infected wounds. The man in charge is going to report this and. Isabella's voice trailed away into a fear-filled silence. Malvik stared at her, and half raised his hand to strike her to the ground while screaming at her to continue. As an interrogator he knew that doing the unexpected, loosened tongues, so reaching down he gently took hold of her upper arms and pulled her to her feet. And what? His voice was gentle, and he watched as the girl involuntarily glanced at him before lowering her eyes again. Speak to me Isabella, I believe that for a reason I do not understand you have decided to tell me something important. If you honestly tell me what the man said I swear not to punish you. The Magenier told his junior to take careful note of the prisoner's injuries as he intended to report you for risking an important asset. With luck, he said, it would bring you crashing down. Malvik stared at the girl then carefully cast a spell to compel her to truthfully answer his questions. He had a very minor talent, barely enough to work a scrying glass and he preferred people to think of him as an interrogator but sometimes the ability to cast something that was barely more than a cantrip proved to be useful. Tell me girl, what reason would a body slave like you have to help me? Due to his inexperience as a mage Malvik did not understand that his question was so imprecise that someone with enough magical ability to resist the spell might be able to truthfully answer the question asked not the one the interrogator intended. My lord, if you fall, I might be slain as one of your servants. Even were I to survive I have a warm bed and good food in your service. You would help me even though I have treated you cruelly? Malvik was slightly surprised by this question, but he hadn't realized that every time she massaged him, she was using her healer magic to influence his mind. His overweening arrogance, the girl reflected, was his great vulnerability. You are clean, my lord. The men in the slave cells are not. Many are little more than animals. Something stirred in the interrogator. A desire to protect this girl, not as an equal though, more like he'd look after a favorite hound. He decided that he would take her back to Hen Strackle when he went. He smiled when he reached this conclusion as he had considered it several times while she had been massaging him. Get the prisoner new clothes and whatever supplies you need to clean him and dress his wounds. I want him shaved and barbered so that he looks presentable should Lady Estelle ask to see him. Also give him a good meal when you have finished. Yes master, properly she had her eyes lowered in respect. A village girl was certain to be experienced in looking after the sick. When I return to the realms, you will accompany me to take care of the prisoner. I will get your voice added to those he will obey. Fortunately, Malvik did not see the flash of triumph that crossed the girl's face. It was a few minutes to midnight when Malvik knocked respectfully on the door to the roof terrace. He waited patiently for a few minutes before the door swung open, the only sound being a soft were from the megachanical hinges. He didn't move but stood with his hands lightly clasped together and his eyes downcast. Please enter Malvik, Lady Estelle's voice sounded more than usually musical. He raised his eyes and saw the roof terrace bathed in silver moonlight. 
he started to move forward and realized that the moonlight was concentrated within a dark stone ring that formed a slightly raised curve that defined the central two-thirds of the terrace. The light was so bright that he was only peripherally aware of several dark-robed figures who were standing against the outer wall. As he was trying to make sense of what he was seeing Lady Estelle stepped into the light and he gasped and stumbled. She was a beautiful woman, if you couldn't see the cruelty in her eyes, and he had shared her bed, so her gorgeous body held no mystery for him. But seeing her standing in the moonlight made him suddenly breathless and overcome with lust. She wasn't naked or smeared attractively in a victim's blood. Rather a few small drapes of some shimmering material barely covered her nudity without decently covering her body. The dress, for want of a better term, hinted rather than revealed but was skimpy enough to allow suggestive glimpses of her skin. So, I'm still the woman you desire most. There was a gloating note in her voice, I had heard rumors about a certain red-haired body slave. My lady, he croaked, his voice unexpectedly hoarse with lust, she is merely a distraction. Good-looking and a pleasant, if unsophisticated lover. The one thing she isn't is you. Taking her to bed is bittersweet as I know you are close by. Lady Estelle's laughter had a silvery note, your honesty is refreshing Malvik, although your body betrayed your desire for me. I was going to kill your slave in front of you as I do not tolerate competition, but I like the thought that you think of me when you sleep with her. What did I do to make you think that a mere slave could compete with you, my lady? Malvik knew that some external influence forced him to speak with uncharacteristic openness. Lady Estelle gestured for him to approach so he advanced into the moonlight until he was standing within touching distance. I had a report that you were being criminally negligent in your care of the prisoner lanterny, so I had one of the mages scry you. I saw your servant tell you of the Magenier's visit and saw you react with commendable efficiency. It was obvious that the problem was the fault of the technician who prepared Lanterny's circlet, so I issued appropriate orders. She raised a hand to stop Malvik's question, I invited you here to witness my retribution. What made me question you was hearing you tell the girl that you would take her back to the realms with you. I was angered especially when I considered the charges you laid against the Admiral. I'm sure you could easily find suitable entertainment in Henstrackle. The monster paused for a moment then snapped out, why did you decide to take your slave? The question did not surprise him so he had already formulated an answer and with an impressive feat of will was able to overcome the magical effect and not blurt out the first thing that crossed his mind. My lady, everything I've heard about Lantrony suggests that he is soft-hearted. My slave is good-looking and the type of woman a man would naturally protect. I thought that if she was told to care for him that if he found some way to defeat his circlet and run, he would insist on taking her with him allowing us to easily recapture him. The monster smiled and leaning forward kissed him. Very good, Malvik, I like the studied cruelty of your precautions. I want you to move your suite to the palace as I think Vonal is correct that the fleet might have deployed all along the realm's coast. The new admiral has suggested that a fast ship be placed at your disposal. I will unofficially approve your plan to use abominations against Philosport but believe that your admiral should believe that the orders originated in Darlter and not with us, so having your own ship seems wise. I will probably be there when you attack either in person or riding a slave, as I would like to experience that destruction. And in the unlikely event that the attack goes badly wrong, my lady? We will both be shocked to discover that one of the Emperor's staunchest supporters, and coincidentally a relative of your ex-admiral launched the attack in a clumsy attempt to discredit us. She smiled coldly, unfortunately, and despite our best efforts he managed to destroy his whole family before we could arrest him. Malvik bowed his head then smiled at Lady Estelle, I will watch the attack on Fillersport, and I would be honored if you shared my experience through the device, I suggested we used. I think your insights would sharpen my own enjoyment of the event. Lady Estelle smiled and kissed him again, 
then taking his hand led him to a couch that was positioned in the shadowy part of the terrace. He sank into the soft cushions and accepted a goblet of wine from a robe servitor. Having studied the reports from the realms I have come to believe that the Fae could become a problem. It is important that we reinforce the natural distrust and fear that mortals feel for the fairy folk. Lady Estelle snapped her fingers and a robed woman stepped into the moonlight. In her hand she held a circlet. It had been crafted to resemble green metallic leaves. The realm's fables talk of fairies who capture travelers and cause them to dance until they die in pained exhaustion. Lady Estelle waved at the woman who raised the circlet above her head. I had this special megachanical device prepared. When fastened over a subject's head it will cause them to dance until they drop. Once they die the circlet will vaporize leaving only ash and leaf-shaped burn marks on the victim's skin. A few children found like this will be blamed on the fairies and that will prevent any alliance between the humans and the Sheetha. Brilliantly cruel, Malvik was genuinely impressed. When you execute Jaili your circlet sounds like an apt way for a bard to die and I would like to see it in use. I'll think about the best way to kill the girl, but your second desire I can satisfy right now. Lady Estelle snapped her fingers and six robed figures dragged three bound men into the light. Each one was forced to kneel and then a circlet was placed on their heads. As soon as it touched their skin they became still, not moving while their bonds were cut away. These are the two Magenniers who thought to plot against you Malvik, and the man whose negligence in preparing Lantern circlet put the mage's life at risk. The chief interrogator smiled, I value loyalty and despise fools, for both reasons I invited the plotters to this moonlight ball. I've had a researcher looking into how fey music is described in the legends and the circlets will react to this approximation I've had developed. Lady Estelle's playful tone vanished to be replaced by the emotionless voice she usually used. If the peasants hear us playing, they will keep away and it will reinforce the belief that the Sheetha were responsible. All the robed figures stepped out of the circle leaving the three kneeling figures. Then someone, barely visible in the shadows, raised a shepherd's pipe to their lips and an unearthly music filled the terrace. The three victims rose to their feet and started capering in the moonlit circle. It was a brutal joint snapping dance and several times before the figures fell for the last time and their circlets flared Malvik heard the sharp crack of bones breaking. The tune had been so hypnotic that the interrogator thought that if he had been in the moonlight he would have been tempted to dance as well. Copyright, Robert M. War. All original rights reserved.